all of us at some point at this age have suffered a betrayal. Relationships depend on trust, and sometimes the trust is broken. And when that happens, we can find ourselves wanting to burn it all down, slightly annoyed, or devastated for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years of our lives. I know that sounds like a long time to suffer from one event, but it's more common than you might know. My guest today says that a betrayal is an opportunity to creating an entirely new identity, and also that if we don't do the work to get through to the other side to transformation, we can struggle for the rest of our lives because of one simple event. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Today, my guest, I'm super excited, Dr. Debbie Silver, somebody that I knew way back when I lived on Long Island, which is where she is, and we just reconnected. She has expanded her work from health coaching and life, personal development, into betrayal coaching or coaching for people that have been through betrayal and haven't healed yet. So welcome. Thank you so much. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, me too. Let me tell people a little bit more about you and your background. So you're the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. You're a holistic psychologist, health mindset, and personal development expert, and the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman. I really love that title. Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. You also have trust again, overcoming betrayal and regaining health, confidence, and happiness. And drum roll, please. On October 5th, you have a new book coming out from Hardened to Healed. So you have a PhD and you ended up getting your PhD because of something that happened to you, which is where this whole institute and certification training, all that stuff came from. Can you give the listeners that little backstory? Of course. I, I don't think there's a person who says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. No. I know. I was fascinated. I didn't yeah. know you could do that. You study betrayal because you have to. This is actually my 30th year in business. And as life would morph and change, so would so would business. And I started in health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had a, a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did the work I needed to do to heal. And then it happened a few years later. This time it was my husband. So I got him out of the house and I looked at those two experiences and I said, okay, well, what's in common here? Of course it was me. And I realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my own needs seriously. And I realized something dramatic has to change. Something drastic has to change. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business, 50 years old. And I said, I'm going back for a PhD. I had no idea how I was going to pay for it, how I was going to manage the time, but I knew, uh, I just felt so intuitively guided. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing. I didn't even understand what was happening. He was too on his own, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back 
what helps us heal and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. And that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my business, my family, my life. Wow. You got Mm -hmm. a lot out of that betrayal or two betrayals. Now it was, yeah, it was uh, crazy. And here's the thing, uh, you know, when things keep repeating itself to, to teach us something Mm. and we wonder why do I keep having this same experience? What the heck is it me? Yes, it is not in that it's your fault. It's that it's your opportunity to see something so clearly and do something really big to transcend that. Yeah. Let's give the listeners an idea of the kind of betrayal you're talking about, because you say on your site that the kinds of betrayal that are personal are different than maybe a more generic betrayal, your company betrayal, they fired you or, you know, give us the distinction. there. Sure. I define betrayal as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. Every relationship has them. Think about it. We had an agreement. I was going to show up. We were going to have a conversation. If I, if I didn't, I would have betrayed you. Now that wouldn't have broken you. you know? <laughs> it just would have aggravated you, right? The way it works is the more we trust and the more we depend on someone, the deeper the betrayal. So mm-hmm. for example, a child who is totally dependent on their parent and the parent does something awful, that's going to have a different impact than let's say your best friend sharing your secret, your coworker taking credit for your idea. Still a betrayal, different level of cleanup left in the wake. Mm. So cleanup is what it's about. If it, we are the one causing the betrayal, what about if we have are the one that has been betrayed? We can't clean up for the other person. Oh, you know, here's the thing. The level of cleanup has so much to do with us because it is the perfect opportunity to, betrayal lends itself to creating an entirely new identity. You leave behind everything that no longer serves. You take with you the parts you love, and you create a version of you so healthy, so healed, so whole, so strong that never would have shown up had that not happened. Mm. And that was actually what the first discovery was about, which I'm happy to get into them, if you, the discoveries, if you want. Oh, absolutely. I, I, yeah, let's go there. Talk about the discoveries. Okay. So the first one, just because it reminded me based on what you said, originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And post-traumatic growth is, if you can imagine kind of an upside of trauma, how any trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, leaves you with a new awareness, perspective, insight that you didn't have. Like maybe you lose someone you love and you realize life is short, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease, but I was like, you know, betrayal feels different just feels so different for me. I didn't want to assume. So I asked all my study participants, I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, it's so different. Here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. Mm. So the entire self is shattered. Rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, they're all destroyed and they're all rebuilt. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. It was like, yeah, you're rebuilding a new life, but you're also rebuilding a new self. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. So that's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. Now, how does somebody know whether they are, we know when we've been betrayed, but how Mm -hmm. do we know or a person know that they are suffering with this post-traumatic betrayal? Yeah. Well, that was actually, you just led me right into the second discovery. There's a collection of symptoms 
physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And we actually have the post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent people are struggling. We've had, I don't know, 35,000 people take it at this point. And what's so interesting is we've all heard time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, it's simply not true. There's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust again. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. feels like it happened yesterday. So betrayal is a very different experience. Also, every few months, I pull the stats from the quiz just to see where people land. And I have them. You want me to share some of the statistics? I would love it, yeah. So now imagine this is based on 30, 35,000 people. Every age group, every demographic, almost every country is represented here. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. That's exhausting right there. 94% deal with painful triggers. And some of those triggers can take you right down. The most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% extreme fatigue. So you can sleep all night. You wake up, you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. Those are your adrenals that have crashed. 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort. 45% have digestive issues. Anything, IBS, Crohn's, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. The most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% are unable to focus, 64% are in shock, 62% are unable to concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate, you're exhausted, you have a gut issue, and, and you're trying to work and do life, right? That's not even the emotional ones. Emotionally, 88% have extreme sadness, 83% are very angry. When you go back and forth between those two, mm -hmm. that's exhausting. 82% feel hurt, 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed. So here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. That's like living half a life. 67% are preventing themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Hmm. Just letting that sink in, all of those different things that people experience. Staggering, right? Yeah. I mean, the good news is we can heal from all of it. I would imagine that like any other personal development work, it, it takes some courage to say, I'm going to do what it takes to get the help I need to do this. Because sometimes the betrayer is still in our lives because it's not that it needs to be different, right? Some people may want to stay with their partner or their children. They're going to stay in relationship with whatever it was, whoever caused the betrayal. Talk a little bit about first steps for somebody. How did yeah. they find that? Well, you said something so important. What we also often see is we protect the betrayer at our own expense. Mm. Let's say that person was well-loved in the community. Everybody loves them. you know, And so they struggle and suffer in silence. That's very common. There actually were three groups in the study who did not heal. One of them was, this was the group that they just refused to accept their betrayal. They were like, they had their story. They were sticking with it. They didn't heal. The second group was, this was the group that they were numbing, avoiding, distracting. So they ran to the doctor who put them on a mood stabilizer or anti-anxiety med, or they started drinking, emotionally eating. It may have made the day a bit easier to get through, not without a price. 
The third group, this was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of fear of just the unknown, not wanting to break up a family, financial fear, religious Mm -hmm. reasons, that was a big one. They just tried to turn the other cheek, put it behind them. I saw two things with this group. The first was a further deterioration of the relationship. And the second one was by far, this group was the most physically sick. Your broken heart just can't handle that. But we're so afraid of that death and destruction of the old. But it's only in that can we birth the new, whether that's just this new version of you because you've healed and moved on. That's what I did with my family. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new that never would have had that opportunity if you didn't fully crash and burn and you rebuild and and join again as two totally different people. That's what I did with my husband. So we married each other again. Uh, New rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. That's Um, great. But here's the thing. When we just keep trying to patch it up, patch it up, patch it up, it it just doesn't work. Mm Mm-hmm. It it is that beautiful opportunity to create this really healthy, healed, strong version of you. And on the the person's own time, you know, they're working on that separately as well. And then if, if it's an opportunity, you can decide if you want to bring these two new versions of you back together. Mm -hmm. Do you work mostly with adults or do you find any, I'm going to say young adults or kids? You know, It's such an interesting question because the kids are so impacted by this as well. I know my kids were, and it's because my husband was the one who told them. Mm. So it was such a beautiful opportunity for them where they they looked and they were like, you did what to mom? And they saw mom crash, but they saw mom rise and and they've learned such tremendous resilience skills because of it, Mm. you know, Uh, but we, in the PBT Institute, we have our certified coaches and practitioners. And for the most part, we're dealing with adults, but there is a growing need. And in fact, we have someone who's soon to be training to become one of our coaches and her specialty is going to be dealing with the kids. That's great. Cause I know, I, I mean, I have a personal instance. I know people where, you know, the kids were, let's take you to therapy. And that's therapy is one thing, but it's a different very kind of place to transform. And here it's transforming on one level. And here's the thing. If that therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal, it does more harm than good. And and we have a lot of people coming into the Institute with therapy trauma uh, where it it actually, like I said, it it was not helpful. Mm -hmm. It didn't move them forward. It re-traumatized. Let's talk about trust. People have a hard time trusting again. What Mm -hmm. can you possibly do to help somebody who's decided I'm too afraid to trust? Yeah, uh, very reasonable. I mean, that's why I wrote trust again, right? There's actually a four-step trust rebuilding process that that we teach. Happy to share that. But what I, I look at trust like a brick wall. And every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy is one brick in that brick wall, right? So it could take a long time to build. And then think about it in one earth shattering moment, the entire wall can come tumbling down. So you could look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest watching that thing get rebuilt. Totally fine. Move along. But however, if you're willing, and that's really the betrayed, the person whose trust was shattered, their job, if they want it, is to be willing to watch that brick wall be rebuilt. And the person who did the shattering has to be a really good bricklayer. 
where every opportunity they have to show they're trustworthy, one brick in that brick wall. But what happens is the brick wall is shattered. And very often the person who's been betrayed, the person whose trust has been shattered, they're like, this feels so bad. You know what? I'll build the brick wall. Don't worry. I got it. You know. So how can they ever feel safe? They, the person who shattered it never had to to rebuild it. So people ask me all the time, can it, can trust be repaired? I say no. Can it be rebuilt? Yeah, but it's a big process. All right. I was just, I got an image of a person building that brick wall around them so that they no longer have to That's allow it. somebody in. Yeah. And that is the, the classic way we'll see an unhealed betrayal. Repeat betrayals or with the big wall up. We're like, nope, no one's getting near me again. And that's clearly someone who isn't healed. They think it's strength. It's not. It's fear. Now, I was just thinking, people that are in this, okay, let's just say there's been a betrayal. They're not aware of your work or that they need work. They're trying to figure it out on their own. And I think that's where you talk about your new book is hardened to healing, right? People get hardened. hardened against uh, any sort of change or transformation or talk a little bit about that harden and what would it look like in a person's yeah. life? The, you know, the reason why I wrote from hardened to healed is the third discovery, which we do is we found that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're going to fully heal and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome through all the way to that place of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. That's why the most this was for me the most exciting discovery because now healing is completely predictable. What I found was most people get and stay stuck in stage three transformation doesn't even happen and doesn't even begin until stage four. So from hardened to healed is specifically for those who are in stage three and who just find themselves locked in that space. I, I can go through the stages. So if, if that's yeah, sure. sure. Okay. So they're all mapped out and trust again. It's what we teach in the Institute. I'm going to give you a distilled version right here. So Stage one is like a setup stage. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. What does that look like? Looks like we're really good at thinking and doing, not really prioritizing the feeling and being. But if you only have two legs of a table set, easy for that table to topple over, that's us. Stage two by far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Shock, trauma, uh, D-Day, Discovery Day, right? And what happens is we ignite the breakdown of the stress response. We're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Our mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. We cannot wrap our mind around the information we just learned. Makes no sense. And there's a shattering of our worldview. Our worldview is our mental model. Don't go there. Trust this person. This is how life works. And in a moment, every rule has been destroyed. Bottom has bottomed out. And a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. That's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap. 
once we've figured out how to survive, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we think it's good. We have no idea there are any other stages. So we start planting roots here. We don't know we're not supposed to. We start planting roots and four things happen. The first thing is we start getting these small self benefits. We get to be right. We get our story. Mm -hmm. We get sympathy. We get someone to blame. We get a target for our anger, right? We don't have to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Do I trust you? Can I trust you? I forget it. I'm not trusting anybody. We plant deeper roots because this is where you are longer than you should be. Now your mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not all that. Maybe this, maybe that. You plant deeper roots because you're here and this is what you're thinking. Like energy attracts like energy. Now you start calling situations and circumstances and relationships and people towards it to confirm, yep, it's true. This is where you belong. The misery loves company crowd, by the way, this is when they start to show up. You plant deeper roots. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but we have no idea there's that stage four and stage five, we resign ourselves right here like where it's like, this stinks, but I don't know what to do. So I better find a way to be okay with this. So right here is where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy to numb, avoid, distract ourselves. So think about it. We do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can honestly see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing, that drinking you're doing, that numbing in front of the TV you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. It happened 20 years ago. But all they did was put themselves in stage three and stayed there. That makes sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why from hardened to heal, I'm coming for you, you the stage threeers. <laughs> yeah, so that's why it's the most common place to get stuck. We get so much from it. Anyway, if we're willing to let go of those small self-benefits, everything that goes with it, grieve, mourn, the loss, bunch of things we need to do, we can move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Here's where we acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but I can control what I do with it. And I always use the example of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff's not all there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And when we're in that mental place, we start turning down the stress response. So we're not healing just yet, but at least we stopped the massive damage we'd been causing in stages two and stage three. What's so interesting about stage four also is if you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent the version of you you want to be the minute you're in that space, right? And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, you don't take them with you. Mm. You leave them behind. And so people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. If they can't rise to meet you, they're gone. They don't come. They don't come along. When you're in this mental space, you're making it cozy, making it home. You move into the fifth, most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise, all those things. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. You're making new rules, new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. Um, and you have a new worldview based on all you've been through and what you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table in the beginning, it was the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. 
I'm just amazed. It was like that you studied all this and it was just sort of delivered to you. Tell people the name, the the address of your website. It's it's uh, the PBT Institute, PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbinstitute.com. I know people are heard about the quiz and they may want to go and take the quiz. Again, you may not feel that you are s- symptomatic mm-hmm. of the betrayal, but take the quiz and I bet you it will give you some enlightenment. And and that's the thing. We see it in these lingering trust issues. We see it in health and business too. I mean, in health, like for example, we can go to the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. At the root of it is an unhealed betrayal. We even see it in business. People want that razor promotion. They deserve it, but they don't have the confidence to ask because their confidence was shattered and they're bitter and resentful instead, or they want to be a team player or a collaborative partner. But the person they trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How can they trust that other person? It shows up everywhere. I was going to say, it sounds like a pandemic, speaking of (laughs) pandemics. So what are some things to do instead of giving up? You find yourself betrayed. You want to take the next step, but you just figure, like you said, I'm better than I was when it happened. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give up here. I get why someone would want to give up. It is the hardest I've found in any experience I've ever had in people coming into our community, they say the same thing, the hardest and the most transformative work you'll ever do. Mm. There's a version of you waiting to be birthed on the other side of your healing. And you owe it to yourself. You know, you've been through the worst of it already. Otherwise, it's just like a bad game of hot potato. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's really it. So as long as you've been through the worst of it already, you owe it to yourself to do something good with something bad. I'm imagining that some boundary awareness has to happen on the way to healing. Talk a little bit about boundaries. Oh, it's, it's so, it's such a great question because it's so important. Um, it, you know, it gives us the perfect opportunity to redefine ourselves and recreate ourselves. And one of those things is by creating new boundaries. You know, I, I do a Q and a every week in the community and someone just shared yesterday, they were shocked and amazed. They were like, you know something, my kids came home for the weekend to visit and I just had it with their level of disrespect and how they were, you know, trashing the house. And I just said it and stood up for myself. And they all looked at me because I had never spoken like that. And they said, and then she said, because to everybody else in the group, she's like, I couldn't even believe that was me. This stuff really works. And all (laughs) she's doing is she's moving through the stages. And that's one of those examples of when you're moving through that stage three to that stage four, how you're redefining yourself and what you, you know, what you're deciding and what shows up. Hmm. We can be boundaryless or not aware of not having boundaries because we, as women, get so caught up in being all these things to other yeah. people. And after a betrayal, I, I speak from my own experience, one of my boundaries in the moment of like, just leave me alone, don't talk to me. I don't want to discuss it right now. I can't, right? So, And then as time moved on and I was open and I wanted to discuss it, and mm-hmm. the other person was like, now you need to come to the table. And right. So it was a learning experience, just sort of making it up as I went along. But for some reason, instinctively, I knew that I couldn't be what I always used to have been, would have been to make everything okay. Child yeah. of an alcoholic, stepfather, oldest kid, I'm going to make it all. Okay, whatever you did, it's okay. But it wasn't. And something inside of me said, now's the time to start saying what is. And that really felt good. Yeah. And and that's it. It's your re- we write the the book for how others treat us. Mm. That's really up to us. And when we take that seriously, like here's a, it's kind of a silly example, but it explains 
I always, I'm such a driver, you know, and I'm so hard on myself and, and I'm notoriously horrific at directions. I'll just get lost wherever I grow, go. It's just part of who I am and I've come to accept it. So, but then I would always be really hard on myself. I'd berate myself. Oh, you're so this, you're so that. And I decided post-betrayal, you know what? I don't want to be so hard on myself anymore. So I decided if I do something that the old me would have criticized and critiqued and everything else, now those same things, I'm simply adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and and not even that, my entire family has to agree. So here's a, a little story that just happened. I flew in because I'm bi-coastal. My three out of four kids are on the other coast. So I'm back and forth every few weeks. And I flew in Saturday night and my husband comes to pick me up. Well, I, I had forgotten that I already had booked a car service to get me as well. So he calls and he's like, I'm outside, go to this section. And then at this, a minute later, I get a text from the driver. I'm here. And, and I was like, Oh no, I told him right away. And he goes, you know, you're adorable. (laughs) (laughs) You have conditioned them. Well, (laughs) that is funny. So I want to, you mentioned uh, quickly about the people that are getting certified. So you also teach people how to do what you learned to do. Talk a little bit about the certification. Yeah, sure. When the five stages were discovered, I was like, I have to get this out to the world. I mean, this is great news. And I created our signature program and it blew up. And then I was getting very busy and I'm like, well, how do I leverage me? So I created our certification program and then I decided to bring everything under one roof and that's the PBT Institute. But the our certification program is, it's very unique in that our coaches and practitioners who are, so doctors, coaches, healers, therapists, whatever, they're trained in the five stages to have deeper transformations within their own practices, but many of them also choose to work within the community and they teach a class on their specialty. So they're coming in with 10, 20, 30 plus years. We have one therapist, he's a, a practitioner, 37 years as a cognitive behavioral therapist, You know, but they specialize in narcissism, in divorce and reconciliation, in self-care. I mean, and it's just this beautiful opportunity. So we have classes running all day long with our coaches and practitioners who uh, have their own area of expertise that they're teaching on and uh, with the ability of moving someone through the five stages. And then they see our members and, and uh, they grow a beautiful business out of it. So when you say members, people join the membership for the coaching work that you do? Yeah. You know, the research proved what we need to heal a certain type of support that lifts and inspires, not the ain't it awful club, you know, so we don't have that. It's what the 35,000 people said they needed, what the research proved. So we have courses, our signature courses that people do 24-7 on their own time. We have daily classes with our certified coaches and, and replays are available. We have uh, Q- these Q&A calls with me for coaching and we bring in experts to teach master classes on just any topic that could help any of our members. We have clubs. I mean, it's just an incredible space. Wow. And the people can find that at the pbtinstitute.com. All yeah, the information we're talking about. Post betrayal. Yep, it's all there. I love this. And I, I feel like I want to take the quiz at least because of course I'm in that camp of, oh, it was so many years ago. I'm fine, but who knows? You know. <laughs> so what would you say to people who are in my space right now? Well, I had a betrayal. It was a really long time ago and I think I'm fine. Mm. How do you want to end this? Yeah. Well, the the first thing I'd say is, and if you have to repeat this a hundred million times to yourself, it's worth it. And it's, even though it happened to you, it's not about you. Mm. Really want to make sure everyone really feels that because it's true. 
The other thing is, if you are not at the level of health and abundance and love and joy that you want to be, there's likely an unhealed betrayal at the root. If you're not trusting, that's like living half a life. That's not fair to you. So taking a look at your current experience, and if you're just surviving, good chance there's an unhealed betrayal that could have been, or the shattering of trust that could have been decades ago. And I mean, I'm going back 50, 60 years with some people. I have a a challenge that I do and they realize this in the first day. They say, oh my gosh, I've lived a lifetime of these similar uh, relationships because I never cleared up what happened all those years ago. So Mm. I would say if you're not experiencing the levels of health, joy, relationships, all of those things that you so rightfully deserve, there may be an unhealed betrayal shuddering of trust at the root of it. Excellent advice. Okay, listeners, if you heard anything that touched you somewhere deep in that heart of yours, I would say head to the Institute's webpage. At least take the quiz, but poke around. Maybe you want one of the books. And Deb's new book is coming out on October 5th. This will be after that. However, I wanted to mention it. And the other two book titles are, again, The Unshakable Woman. And that's a short but powerful read. Trust Again maps out the five stages with experiential exercises, moving you through my personal story, the four-step trust rebuilding process. And because I found most people stuck in stage three, From Hardened to Healed is for those people stuck in stage three. Perfect. One-stop shopping for all of us (laughs) post-betrayal people. Dr. Silver, thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate your time and expertise. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, my pleasure. Peeps, I'll be back again next week with another fabulous guest. Be well till next time. Hey, peeps, before you run, in case you're not 100% sure you're doing everything you can to age as well as you can, which means you'll feel better longer, you might want to check out my Age Better Lifestyle Assessment. It will give us a clear picture of where you are now and what small changes you might want or need to make to improve how you feel, how you look, and how you age. Check it out at rebelliouswellnessover50.com in the Work With Greg section. Thanks.